Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today's a rather big day in the video game community. If you don't know, today is the last announcement of a new character, new stage, new music for the Nintendo Magnum Opus fighting game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And in that last announcement, Square Enix... Kingdom Hearts, and Sora proved to be the final edition. Now, if you aren't familiar with this series, Kingdom Hearts is kind of an oddball of a series. It actually features a Square Enix-developed character in Sora and his friends traveling through a series of worlds, some of which are owned by Square Enix, Final Fantasy worlds, Final Fantasy characters, but most of which, especially as the series proceeded on, are actually owned by and reflective of Disney. You can see on your screen right now, Disney characters Donald Duck and Goofy, and they were Sora's constant companions through the Kingdom Hearts series, which spans, I think, a dozen games, 10 games, some large number of games over the course of a number of years, and a character in Sora that it appears that many, many, many folks have grown rather fond of. But as you can imagine, here in virtual legality, we're not just talking about this as a brand new game edition, even as exciting as it might be to some folks, but we're talking about it because with Disney involved, with Square Enix involved, with creative folks at Square Enix that often take a specific intellectual property right in the characters they create involved, one of the things that always seemed a little bit too difficult to happen in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was bringing a character from Kingdom Hearts over because of those conflicting intellectual property rights in the character, in the series, in the games themselves. We see this referenced for years and years and years in places like Reddit, where I just pulled up a couple of threads that I could find in researching for this video. Kingdom Hearts copyrights issues is a thread. Who owns Sora? Which is going to be an important point of discussion in this video because it's not entirely clear. One of the problems that people have, and they ask me this question all the time in virtual legality, is who owns what about what? Why can't we make a remaster of game X? What is happening there? And unfortunately, a lot of the times, who owns a copyright? Who owns a piece of intellectual property? Whatever that might be, is hidden to us. It's in the underlying contracts that result in these games being developed and sold to us as video gamer consumers. But we can start to find hints, right? And if you're interested in these kinds of questions in the future, if virtual legality hasn't done a video on the topic that you're interested in, you can start to look in specific places, right? I pulled up the original Halo Combat Evolved instruction book. And you can see at the very, very end in language that you probably never read before, here's a copyright notice. Copyright 2001, Microsoft Corporation, all rights reserved. Now, this is a manual. It could be applied solely to the actual manual itself, the language included in it. But more likely than not, what it's talking about is the copyright to the video game itself. So when you see that Bungie made Halo, but the copyright is owned by Microsoft Corporation, you can start to piece together what'll happen in the next 20 years when Bungie leaves Microsoft and Microsoft keeps the Halo intellectual property because it was Microsoft's to keep. By comparison, when we go and we look at the Destiny instruction book, or more specifically the website that they maintain for it, we see that in 2014, the copyright to Destiny is held not by Activision or someone else, but by Bungie itself, which also helps match our understanding and inform us of how this would go when Bungie leaves Activision. Who keeps Destiny? Bungie does. And so you can read these kinds of things and try to figure out who likely owns the rights to the underlying material. Now, as we said, Kingdom Hearts is an oddball because it has so much intellectual property being poured into this bucket. 
and undoubtedly so many legal hours behind the scenes for the past two decades or so going into figuring out who should own things, where royalties should be paid, what permissions have to be gathered, etc. And unfortunately, all we get is one small notation. Copyright Disney developed by Square Enix. And you can see this all over the place with respect to Kingdom Hearts. You can see it in the original image we used. Copyright Disney, copyright Disney Pixar, developed by Square Enix. You could see it again, Disney, Disney Pixar, developed by Square Enix on their current website for the Kingdom Hearts series. So, so what does that mean? What does that tell us? It means that at least as far as they are projecting to the world, Disney appears to be the owner of what is in Kingdom Hearts. Now, it's important to note when we say that as part of this conversation, that it doesn't mean that Disney hasn't given certain rights back to Square Enix. Square Enix obviously developed and created Kingdom Hearts as a series. They are the creative minds behind it. So one would be forgiven for thinking that Square Enix owns Kingdom Hearts, but that's not what the copyright notations would suggest to us, the gaming public. Instead, it looks like Disney owns that, and it was just developed by Square Enix, which creates a somewhat counterintuitive situation here. And I think it arises because Disney is notorious for wanting to control basically all aspects of how its intellectual property is used. And that's one of the reasons we're making this video, because I think that becomes crystal clear as we go forward with Mr. Sakurai's announcement of Sora's inclusion in Super Smash Brothers to note how little Disney is actually represented, even though Disney is the foundational plank on which Kingdom Hearts is built. I also wanted to give a brief example of how intellectual property moves around, just so that you can have it in the back of your head. This isn't a video game agreement. I was using some of those while I was putting together this video. I found it to be a little bit too confusing when we're talking about Square and Disney and Tetsuya Nomura and those kinds of things. So I just pulled up an example one from the SEC. Here, we have a company called AMCC, and they are asking a company that we're just going to call Company to develop PowerPC processors for them. So this is just a development agreement. Company is going to make things for AMCC. And we can go and we can look in the definitions here and we can find out what I wanted to point out, which is when you develop something for someone else, whether it's a video game, whether it's a piece of technology, whether it's something else, what you often do in a contract like this is you say, all right, my intellectual property that I'm bringing to the table is mine. Yours is yours. So here we have a definition of background technology for the company that says any technology used by the company in connection with the performance of the project or incorporated by company into any work product that is developed, acquired, or otherwise obtained by company prior to the commencement of the project. Now, the earlier parts of that definition aren't necessary except to explain how ownership is going to work in this specific contract. But in the back of your head, note that when we use the word background technology or background intellectual property or background brands or background characters, wherever you might see that, in a contract like this one, what you're trying to establish is if we're going to work on something jointly, or even if you're just going to develop it for me, as Square Enix appears to be doing for Disney, you get to say, this is yours, not mine. And then you license to me what you use in the final product itself. We see work product is everything that you did as part of the project as a company. And we scroll down and down and down and we get to ownership. And we see that the company, remember, which is making things for AMCC, agrees that everything it does under this contract will be the sole and exclusive property of AMCC. AMCC is paying for them to develop it. And we can imagine a scenario in which the skeleton structure of an agreement between Disney and Square Enix looks a little bit like this. Disney says, hey, we're commissioning you to make this game. It's going to be held by us in copyright. And then if you incorporate anything of your background technology 
into the game itself, you will automatically license that to us. And that would, instead of technology, be characters or intellectual property or things like Sora, right? There's no question that Sora didn't exist before the Kingdom Hearts project. So Square Enix is an important factor in Sora's creation. But there was an agreement between Disney and Square Enix, and it looks like that agreement said something along the lines of Disney owns everything that is in Kingdom Hearts. However, just like this agreement has certain restrictions, it's very easy for you to say, okay, we'll own it when you finish making it, because at Disney, it's very important to us to control all this intellectual property. But we understand you're video game developers. You made this thing for us. We'll give you back certain rights. And we can see that reflected on the internet as well. I found this post in a forum. You can take it with the grain of salt that it deserves, but it does suggest certain of the things that we can see, not just with the copyright notices, but also with what happened today. And this is from apparently a Disney executive named Justin in Japan, found on Kingdom Hearts Insider. He says he has really close ties with Tetsuya Nomura and Shinji Hashimoto. Says from the most pivotal legal standpoint, the copyright of Sora belongs to Disney. And that's certainly what Disney and Square have been projecting to the world throughout this whole process. But they also say Disney cannot leisurely use Sora freely. When using Sora for any type of marketing, Disney always has to ask permission from Tetsuya Nomura and Square Enix themselves to allow the use of Sora's character, whether it be in Disney or Square Enix. And they're talking about its inclusiveness in Smash. It says Disney is not very restrictive, says, of course, this general manager of Disney Japan, but rather very particular. So Disney would not have crazy strict control, as people like to say. And your mileage may vary on whether you think that is, in fact, the case. Certainly, the way this is structured so that Disney owns Kingdom Hearts and things like Sora is a little bit unusual for how we might envision this if some party or another didn't want strict control of the intellectual property. But suffice it to say, this does match up with what we would expect. Disney has a certain amount of control, and instead of just taking full ownership and they can do whatever they like with this thing, Square Enix, as part of negotiating whatever their development agreement looked like, said, no, no, if we create it, we have certain control. And more specifically, Tetsuya Nomura said, if I create it, I get a veto right, as well as Square Enix. So essentially, when we're talking about bringing somebody like Sora to the table, you've now got three constituent parties that probably have to agree. Because while Tetsuya Nomura and Square Enix can say, you can't use Sora Disney in that fashion, chances are Disney can do the same thing. So you have jointly held rights in this piece of intellectual property, which is why, in all honesty, you probably don't see as much Kingdom Hearts paraphernalia as you might otherwise like to buy because it's hard to get three parties to the table, especially when they're not exactly in the same industry. They probably aren't on the phone all the time together. And it's one of the reasons why people were so pumped to see Sora announced today. Now, before we break down what I thought was also interesting about how little Disney was giving to this particular process, I wanted to give full credit to where it was due and to note a piece of the announcement today that I thought was very interesting and I think reflected very well on Nintendo and Mr. Sakurai. For the fighters at the top of the list, we thought that some people might demand them from the respective game companies. And I just pulled this screenshot out of the announcement. He's talking about a poll that was done earlier in the lifespan of the Super Smash Brothers franchise in which they said, hey, who do you want to have added to Super Smash Brothers? They never released the results of that poll. You might say, well, did they legally have the right to do that? Of course they did. They did the poll. They conducted it. They had answers. You can use other people's names. You could use Doom Guy or Sora. You can reference them as being the returns on a poll that you issued. But they say something important here, which is essentially that we thought it would bother other companies. We thought 
outrage mobs would start. We thought folks would bug Square Enix or id or whoever it might be to have their character added. And one thing I would always ask you to take away from virtual legality here, we're talking about not just the law, but the business and law that goes into these kinds of questions. So if you want to understand how these things happen, it's important to note this kind of dynamic as well. Nintendo, Mr. Sakurai said, hmm, if we release these results, it's going to have a problem for other companies. And not only do we not want to do that because we're good corporate citizens, hopefully, but also if we ever want to negotiate for that character in the future, if we ever want to license that, it's going to be easier if we didn't make their lives a living hell before we go and ask them to get permission for their character in our game. So it didn't make sense to them. So the next time you see a situation like that, why aren't they releasing the results to the poll? I would ask that you think through that second order effect because chances are somebody at the company is trying to think through some of those effects. They might be doing it poorly. They might be making a wrong decision. And we can, of course, have those conversations here and elsewhere on the internet. But those kinds of things are happening. And I thought it was a nice little blip at the start of this announcement. Now, talking about the announcement itself, one of the very interesting things as a corporate lawyer, as a guy interested in those copyright questions presented by Kingdom Hearts and Sora and Disney, Square Enix, Tetsuya Nomura, and more, was the fact that basically the first image you see of Sora's edition is that Mickey Mouse symbol. So I asked the question in my thumbnail, I asked the question on Twitter, did Disney just stonewall this? Did they not agree to anything at all? And I think the answer to that is no. It's a fairly emphatic no. You can't use the symbol that's appearing on your screen right now, that classic Mickey ears at the end of the keychain without Disney approving it. You're going to get a cease and desist. You're going to get yelled at a lot. You can't go under the radar for your Super Smash Brothers Ultimate announcement. So Disney is involved. And that makes sense when we look at what we did at the top of this video. Disney owns Kingdom Hearts, probably owns Sora as best we can tell, and then gets to use it with Square Enix approval. Square Enix probably only gets to use it with Disney's approval. A whole lot of constituent entities here. Now, I also thought, well, maybe that's just the announcement video. This is the CGI rendering. It's what's in my thumbnail. It's what folks are passing around online. But no, if you actually look closely at how Sora appears in-game, you see that it isn't replaced with the Kingdom Hearts crown or anything else at the end of the keychain. It is actually the Mickey Mouse keychain at the end here. So Disney did approve of the use of Sora's original kind of character model and that Mickey Mouse at the end of the keychain. I also noted, again, as I'm watching Rapley, interested in copyright issues, as I'm sure everyone else was while they were watching this announcement, that the early parts of the announcement talk about the fact that Sora goes through all these Disney worlds. Here we have, it's primarily revolving around Sora, but you see, of course, Winnie the Pooh. You also see these copyright notices that we talked about before. Disney, developed by Square Enix. Disney is the owner of all this. And now with support for this collaboration, Sora's joining the battle has become a reality. It's fair to say that his addition required more coordination than other fighters. And I'm dragging these screenshots from various places early on in the video. They don't go contiguous with one another. But I wanted to point out that this is Sakurai talking about the fact that this was a tricky one. And I think everybody knew that. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be in virtual legality to know, hey, that's a Square Enix game with Disney characters trying to be brought into a Nintendo game in which people are hit with things. One of the things that Disney often doesn't like is, is fighting games. Characters hitting each other, they often have an issue with that. And that might, in fact, be what happened here. So you have references to the collaboration. You have references to coordination. And then you also get backstops for what we were looking at in the Kingdom Hearts Insider Forum, right? You have notions of the fact that Tetsuya Nomura appears to have certain rights to Sora on his own, right? The Kingdom Hearts 
Twitter thread from, I think, a week ago or so, has a reference to The World Ends With You, has a reference to Sora included in that because Kingdom Hearts folks worked on that game. And then a little later on, just after this announcement, you have a note from Tetsuya Nomura, again through the Kingdom Hearts Twitter, that said they, presumably referring to Nintendo, were very thorough and did a great job responding to our frequent reviews and detailed requests. I think fans will be satisfied with how Sora has turned out, and I hope you all enjoy playing as him. To all of Mr. Sakurai's staff, thank you so much. And I'm going to talk about how Disney didn't give their intellectual property and how I don't think that works for me personally in terms of what Sora is, what Kingdom Hearts is. But before we get to that, before we get to any amount of negativity, I think this is an important note as well. If you're excited about Sora being a part of this, that is fantastic. That was no small amount of work from the folks that put these things together. In fact, everything, especially that's owned by a third party, that has been put into something like Super Smash Brothers is lawyers and producers and executives and everyone else under the sun working a lot to make that happen. Companies that have intellectual property, that's their value, especially a company like Disney and especially a company like Square Enix. Folks that make creative pursuits, their value lives in the things that they create. So here you have a reference to what that process looks like. Frequent reviews, detailed requests. When you make something for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and it's not something that you own, you make a version, you send it to the other side. They have their notes. You implement those notes. They have more notes. You implement those notes. They decide you're doing the, exactly the wrong way. You go back to the beginning. You start again, you get more notes. Working with intellectual property licensors can make some developers crazy. And it's to Mr. Sakurai's credit that he's done this for so long and not gone crazy himself. So if you're excited about Sora, remember that this was undoubtedly the most difficult intellectual property maneuver I think that they have done over there. It wouldn't surprise me if it involved the most lawyers, the most phone calls, the most business executives. And it really did seem like a long shot when we were thinking about it before it was announced. Now, again, let's go back, not negativity so much, but things that I was noticing. So I'm watching this announcement. I'm trying to figure out whether they're going to incorporate Disney stuff. We've passed the moves now, and I'm starting to think they're probably not going to because you could have had Goofy come in. You could have had Donald come in. And it's important for those two characters specifically because I totally understand not bringing in The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, Pirates of the Caribbean, Tron, whatever else it might be, as ancillary to all these things, better known for movies than video games, etc., etc. But Goofy and Donald are Sora's compatriots. They have been with him really since moment one in this series. They're part of the key art. The way they dress is well-known to Kingdom Hearts fans. So they're not appearing now. And I start to take notice. You get to the costumes now and you see, okay, those are basically all the same costume. Obviously, they're from different games. They're lightly modified, but to keep the same silhouette, etc. And you note then that Sora's had a ton of great costumes. Sora's had costumes where he's dressed as a vampire, where he's dressed as a pirate, where he's dressed as a toy, where he's dressed as a monster. And you start to get the impression that they're not including anything that can reference Disney worlds. Except for one big one. Timeless River here is a reference to the Steamboat Willie level of Kingdom Hearts, but it might have been permitted because it's not obviously slow. It's just black and white Sora, and that might be why it's allowed. But you're starting to get this notion that Disney is allowing certain things, the Mickey Mouse on the end of the keychain, a black and white Steamboat Willie, and potentially not allowing other things. Now again, I do want to point out that this is essentially all supposition. I'm just guessing at these kinds of things. There is another way to look at it, which would be to suggest that Mr. Sakurai himself has said, I don't want to have all that extra Disney stuff 
in the game, and it's possible. Certainly, he has been adamant in the past about the fact that he wants Super Smash Brothers to be reflective of video gaming and not just the world of pop culture in general, and I think that's a credit to the game as well. But when we're talking about Donald and Goofy in particular and some of the other more specific Kingdom Hearts references, it is a little bit odd. This was reflected again when we get to the stage itself. The stage could have been any number of Disney worlds. What I would have loved to have seen is traveling through multiple Disney worlds. A number of the worlds in Super Smash Brothers do that. Instead, they picked a Square Enix original, Hollow Bastion. It looks great, and I think it'll be a fun level. It's a little bit simplistic, but there's nothing wrong with it. Yet again, Spidey Sense tingling. I'm looking at it saying, I don't think Disney is involved in this at all. And that was really writ large when we looked at one of the transitions that the level itself does, which is the kind of inside the heart stained glass window that is so prominent in Kingdom Hearts. And we see Sora's window here with a raft and a starfruit, along with Riku and Kairi, his friends that have been his throughout the series. And I looked at that and I said, that's, that's not right. And if you go and you look at a reference to that particular image in a clock I found that Square Enix itself is selling, you see, of course, that it's Riku and Kairi, yes, but it's also Donald and Goofy. For whatever reason, Disney's side of things, Sakurai and Nintendo's side of things, Donald and Goofy are not just not being used because it would be extra animation and extra work. They're being taken out of the artwork specifically for this purpose. So I look at it as a copyright guy, as an intellectual property fan, as a corporate lawyer, and I say, hmm, I think Disney gave a hard stop to this. I think Disney said, you can use Sora, you can hit things with a key, you can even use the Mickey that's in the original model for Sora from Kingdom Hearts 1 at the end of that keychain, but we won't have or allow any references to our own intellectual property, the stuff that we effectively licensed into Kingdom Hearts, even though they didn't have to do that because it was all owned by them. So we're not going to allow Donald. We're not going to allow Goofy. There's going to be no Little Mermaids, Lion Kings, Trons, etc. And you're going to pull it out of even things like this artwork back here. And that, to me, was very, very interesting. The second interesting part here was this notion of the songs, right? When we talk about the songs that are unique to the Kingdom Hearts saga, there are a number of good ones, and, and some of those are included here. But the ones that jump out to me are Sanctuary. Simple and Clean, the theme songs to Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2. And you don't see those listed here. Now, as we talked about with Intellectual Property, the music itself creates a different issue. We go and we look at things like the ending credits, the original Kingdom Hearts 1, you see Simple and Clean written by Utada Hikaru, but licensed by Toshiba-EMI Limited. Square Enix licensed in that song. It's a pop song, so that makes a lot of sense. When you get to Sanctuary, you see a similar kind of notation licensed by Universal Music LLC with apparently some work done by the Walt Disney Music Company and the Island Def Jam Music Group. So like all things copyright, we've got a whole lot of stuff flying around in terms of intellectual property. And I don't blame Square really for not licensing every bit of music here, but it is noteworthy that they didn't decide to license in any of the music. Simple and Clean doesn't appear. Sanctuary doesn't appear. You only have these kinds of songs. You can blame Square Enix for that if you want. You can blame Disney. You can blame whomever you like. But it did surprise me that that wasn't happening, even though Sakurai said we opted to use the central themes from the series. Don't really think he met his burden there. But again, this is a very, very tricky thing to do. We also see that finally kind of confirmed when we see the DLC spirit list 
It's all the characters from Kingdom Hearts that are essentially originated in that series. Kyrie, Ventus, Aquaterra, Riku, Zion, Axel, and Roxas. We don't see any Disney characters. We don't, again, see, I think most prominently, Donald and Goofy. And then we see what Square Enix got out of all this, right? You get Disney's approval, but you also needed Square Enix's approval. And as part of this announcement, which was going to be watched by a lot of people, these announcements always are, you get an advertisement. The Kingdom Hearts games are coming to Nintendo Switch. Now, your mileage might vary on that. They're coming to the Nintendo Switch as cloud-based games, which is unusual because at least the early days of Kingdom Hearts are like a decade old or more. Uh, So you would think that they'd be able to run on the Nintendo Switch, but they're all coming as cloud-based versions. So looking at this, I did think it was interesting. No Disney without Disney. Disney apparently didn't want to be a part of the approvals here, but also... It's worth noting, apparently didn't block Sora's presence in the game when it appears, at least from the outside, that they could have done that. So again, I don't want to be negative on this score. I just want to talk to you all like I see things as a corporate lawyer. I watched this with great interest and said, ah, I'm not seeing a lick of Disney material, which suggests to me that there's an intellectual property question there more than just Sakurai not putting those characters in because nothing would change at all with Donald and Goofy on that stained glass window reflecting the art as it originally appeared. And yet that was changed. Now to me, as I mentioned earlier on in this video, as a kind of editorial aside, I view Kingdom Hearts as essentially traveling through Disney worlds. And when it started meeting Final Fantasy characters, that Sora for the most part is kind of an empty style character. It's designed to be a player vessel, not that unusual for Master Chief or Doom Guy or whomever else. You can get attached to those folks, but without the kind of accoutrements, the worlds in which he traveled, the people in which he traveled them, and now nothing but Sora and his big shoes and what amounts to a sword fighter added once again to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I was not terribly enthused by the announcement. But I did want to mention that folks are, and I think that's great. I had a conversation on Twitter with someone that's been following me and I've interacted with a lot, Eduardo Lamont, who is a game developer. You should check out his games and his Twitter here. And he said, Sakurai has stated that Smash Brothers is a video game celebration. That's why we'll never see Goku or non-video game characters. I think this would be more of a Sakurai decision. I don't think Disney is above licensing Donald or Goofy to Nintendo. That might be right, but I think the window's a little odd. I say, I don't know. Were that the case, and apologies for the spelling here, Twitter hates the subjunctive tense. Donald and Goofy in video game form would be obvious additions to, at minimum, that stained glass window looks like a hard no to me. And he says, I thought they were going to appear in the final smash, but no, I like that really. I like how the entire thing is just a huge love letter to all forms of video games and video game history. And I say it's interesting because I view Sora as effectively defined solely by other characters in the worlds he travels in, what I just mentioned to you all. He's an empty vessel, sometimes literally, that'll make more sense if you played the games, for the player. But I'm definitely not at the top of the list for Kingdom Hearts fans, so I hope they are thrilled. And he said something I think I I really liked. I like when folks say this and that it connects to people says, yeah, he's very much that, that empty vessel kind of concept, but the poor guy has been through a lot, so people connect with him on a deep level. He's the kind of character that would be your best friend. My wife said yesterday, if it's Sora, then I'll even purchase the game. That's how much Sora fans like him. So one thing I always want to add to the world is positivity, hope, optimism, and I want to say, Disney or not Disney, if you love Sora like Edward Lamott's wife loves Sora, I think that is fantastic, and I'm thrilled that Nintendo and Disney and Tetsuya Nomura and Square Enix were able to put this together for you. If you don't, it's just a character in Smash. 
But if any person could have a little bit more joy brought to their life through an announcement like this one, I am all for it, intellectual property or not. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of video games, including Kingdom Hearts, Super Smash Brothers, and more, please consider supporting us. We've got a Patreon listed in the description of the video below, as well as other ways to support the channel. Or if you'd just like to subscribe, tell your friends, upvote, downvote, leave comments. Who's your favorite Super Smash Brothers character? Do you think that Disney kept themselves out of this game, or do you think that Sakurai did it? I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Let me know. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Thank you.